Okay. Hi, this is Amy, Dry Eye Diva. I'm here today with Dr. Leslie O'Dell, Dry Eye Diva of the East. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) Happy January. I can't believe that this year is already in full force. I thought it would be, (laughs) uh, you know, really good to actually catch up with you now because January is actually Glaucoma Awareness Month. And um, I know that you have addressed glaucoma in your practice. And I thought even though glaucoma seems a bit odd to have as a dry eye diva subject, it's actually quite relevant. Um, Because what was it? 10 years ago, actually more than that now, December 2008, Latisse was approved by the FDA to be used as a, an eyelash growth serum. Could you could you explain a little bit about you know how that actually came into play and why glaucoma and eyelash growth serum are are correlated and you know why it's important that we're discussing glaucoma to the dry diva listeners? <laughs> well, so um, the way that that kind of came to be was we were using a, a medication um, that actually really simplified our treatment for our glaucoma patients. Prior to that, most of our medications were dosed two or three times daily. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest challenges for patients was that they would forget, you know, and that would cause their disease to progress. So there was a line of medications called prostaglandin analogs um, that became very effective at lowering eye pressure to control glaucoma. Um, and they were dosed once a day. So it was a big, you know, kind of a groundbreaking time for eye care mm-hmm. um, and, and how we treated the disease. Um, one of the side effects of these prostaglandin analogs was a, a, there was a a long list that we can go through of side effects, but one of the side effects that has been translated into cosmetics in which, you know, where this is why we are talking about that um, has to do with increased length, fullness and darkness of the eyelashes. So it was growing fuller, darker, lush eyelashes. So wait a second. You're, you're saying that basically you had a 65 year old male patient and he had really long, lush, dark lashes after putting on using his glaucoma meds. (laughs) Oh, right. I mean, growing to the point that we would sometimes have to trim them because they were bumping into his eyeglasses. Oh, no way. Um, Yeah. Um, So that was what companies kind of looked at and then reinvented. The first, you know, was Latisse reinvented from a glaucoma medication, which um, is called Bimatoprost, which is a prostaglandin analog. Um, And really the formulation of that only changed in the way it was applied. So the concentration of that medication stayed the same, but instead of the drop being um, instilled into one's eye, it is painted um, across the lash margin or Mm -hmm. the base of the lashes to enhance the growing phase of the lash. Sorry to interrupt you, but just a question. So Mm -hmm. again, just to get back to glaucoma month just quickly, and then we can explain how this this ingredient really has impacted trends and high health. Um, The glaucoma is not just uh, a disease of people who are aging, but this can really be impact anyone. So it's really important to mention again, January's glaucoma awareness month, because it's an eye disease that can be detected in, in young people, even children and really impacts their life and their vision over a long period of time. And, you know, it's good to go to your eye doctor to get a prescription for eyelash growth serum, but it's really important to have a comprehensive eye exam because you might be able to detect the fact that you have glaucoma. So you might have really sexy eyelashes, but it's really important to also know that your eye health is, is stable. 
Uh, and there's a big initiative, you know, that's happening this year in particular with 2020, um, that it is the year of the eye exam. And so you're absolutely right. Too often patients aren't even getting an initial exam until they're in their late 30s or 40s. Um, and it it is a disease. Glaucoma is a disease of increasing age, but it is not exclusive to people, say, over mm-hmm. 60. Um, you can be diagnosed in, in childhood with glaucoma. And it is a painless disease. So you aren't going to know that you have the problem. Your doctor is going to have to evaluate you and tell you that you have the problem. Um, because for many years of the disease, it remains symptomless. So that means that you can be losing vision gradually over time without any warning signs. So it, um, it is a quiet disease in that sense. Um, and the end result, if left untreated is total blindness. So, I mean, it is a very serious condition. A lot of times people, you know, for inconvenience, um, uh, maybe the time of the day that they schedule their exam or they have to get back to work or run errands, they kind of forego eye dilation. But that is truly where the diagnosis of glaucoma begins. And so the first thing I would just say is, you know, make sure that you're doing that for your own eye health is getting a thorough exam that includes eye dilation. So basically, it's always important to have your comprehensive eye exam, but not to be flip about it. But anybody who's thinking about getting an eyelash growth serum, please go to your eye doctor and get a prescription so you can have your eyes checked first. But on that note, again, with this eyelash growth serum, again, because it was derived from a pharmaceutical product for a blinding eye disease, it's interesting that it's being added to the applied to the lids to make the eyelashes grow thicker and darker and longer. That's fantastic. But there might be a twist to that because can't there be complications as well? Again, if you want the prescription, it's good to go through your eye doctor because at least they can monitor how the serum is impacting your eyes. But for somebody that's just buying the product over the counter or from their friend down the street, um, what are the complications of eyelash growth serum? Because again, if it's not a pharmaceutical product for an eye disease and it's being used for an aesthetic for vanity purposes, like what should people know about this? What, what are, what's the dark side of the dark lashes? Well, I mean, there is a lot of physical changes that can happen. And when we are prescribing it for glaucoma, we, you know, we do educate our patients to that. They're called, um, um, prostaglandin-associated periorbitopathy. So we know that there's disease, diseases or physical changes, I guess I would wait, say. Wait, wait, wait. wait that, that was can... a mouthful. Periorbitopathy, periorbital, um, that, that means around the eye, right? So there's something that happens right. around the eye if you're using this serum. Is that how you would just yes. translate your mouthful? Thank you. <laughs> Please clarify. Yeah. Yeah, Prostaglandin-associated yeah. okay. um, periorbitopathy. Okay. So that though, what I was saying was that periorbitopathy means that you are having physical changes to the eye um, and the skin around. Oh, it. wow. So that is well documented in research. Um, and it kind of looks um, a few different ways. The first of which is redness that's associated with where the serums are applied. So that means you can have reddening to the lid margin. You can have telangiectatic or small little blood vessels that start to begin to show up. Um, And that may or may not be reversible once a a person discontinues the use of a lash growth serum. Little red lines and red eyelids, that kind of, that doesn't sound very attractive, but 
It doesn't, but I will say that surprisingly with, um, you know, the way that cosmetics mm-hmm. are right now, it doesn't, you know, it bothers me. I know that it's a mm-hmm. finding. I I counsel patients to it when I see it. Our women who are using these products, but they they, you know, when do you look at yourself, you know, with a naked face in the front of the mirror? So they're often covering it up with an eyeliner or their eye makeup, and so they, it doesn't really bother them. Although it's happening, right? Um, when I see friends. Um, or patients that are using growth serum and I do see them with no cosmetics on, it's the first thing that jumps out at me, you know, but it's interesting how women are more tolerant of that. Well, do you Personally, ask the, the people that you see using it and you recognize and say they're not a patient of yours, we recognize it. Do you ask them if they got the last growth serum from a doctor or have they seen their eye doctor or have they had any complications or what do you ask them? I mean, how do you make them aware of the, the eye, their eye health? But I mean, it's a tricky situation and right. it depends on who the person is because, um, you know, some people are really, if, if it's just someone that I'm friends with sometimes, and you know, I didn't prescribe the growth serum, they got it from some over the counter product. I mean, people have strong opinions, <laughs> feelings right. about, yes. And so politics um, and I think the best thing that. to do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing to do is just know what the risks are. So this redness. Um, is, is not attractive. And if it was, you know, that makes you look tired, but is it, it a concern? You... So the redness, obviously it's irritating. Can it hurt as well? Or is it, is it swollen? Is it just the blood vessels? Well, redness usually indicates inflammation okay. and, um, prostaglandins are inflammatory chemicals, okay. which leads to what is hiding underneath your eyelid, which are tiny oil glands called the meibomian glands. People know they have a meibomian gland if they ever had what we call medically a hordeolum or what the lay person calls a sty. But what we know about these serums, I like to call them eyelid well pimples, as- by the way. You know, when you have clogged well, you pores, you have pimples. clogged yeah. like, glands in your eye or pores in your eyelids. Yeah, I like yeah, I, I pimples too. <laughs> so there's a lot of research that shows that prostaglandins, this chemical, um, causes obstruction or complete um, inactivity to those glands. And that, so the redness on the lid margin kind of translates into something deeper within the lid margin called meibomian gland dysfunction. And people with meibomian gland dysfunction usually have dry eye disease too, right? So meibomian gland dysfunction is a big um, contributor to what's called evaporative dry eye, means that the tears that are coating your eye between each blink throughout your day are evaporating too quick off the eye, leaving dry spots. And then that translates to sometimes blurry vision, sometimes uncomfortable eyes, sometimes contact lens intolerance, you know, a multitude of symptoms. But yes. Because a lot of uh, people have actually asked me because, for example, mascara really irritates them, whether it irritates them wearing it or irritates them taking it off. It just it just bothers them. So they've asked me if they should use eyelash growth serum in place of mascara because they think if they don't have to apply the mascara every day and take it off, then it won't be as irritating to their eyes. So what would you tell patients who already have sensitive eyes or dry eye disease for that matter or meibomian gland dysfunction? Would you recommend that they use uh, an eyelash growth serum or would you recommend that they use uh, say uh, mascara for sensitive eyes yeah so I would definitely choose the latter Um, and this is what the the kind of the fear is with all these over-the-counter products that continue to grow and grow is that 
you don't need to be seeing an eye care provider to be gaining access. So you don't know where you start, right? right? You don't have a baseline of what these oil glands look like or what your ocular surface, your eye surface looks like. So we don't really have a good starting point when you're getting them elsewhere. Um, but if you are having sensitivities to eye cosmetics, it's a big red flag to me that there's probably something going on with the tear layer, these meibomian glands, you know, so really before you give up and change your beauty habits, you should step back and think, hey, I should probably go get an eye exam and try to figure out why. Uh, well, that, that my eyes are scratching. They're just getting itchy listening to you. Um, I mean, I've also heard... When, yeah. Women do this a lot, though. I mean, women often, you know, they are irritated by things like they grow irritated from eyeliner. And so they think, well, the eyeliner has been bothering me. Let me get it permanently Hmm. tattooed. You know, so I feel like we all do. You look for a quick fix. Which is the lesser of the evils. But if you um, can't see it, really, if you figure out why you're irritated to begin with, you know, and I think that does start with your eye health. So we can help guide people to better products. Um, And if we treat the problem, like, so for example, if they have a dry eyes um, environment or dry eye and we treat it, they actually can tolerate their cosmetics better. Absolutely. Again, just kind of cueing us into that is helpful. Right. Yeah. I'm definitely not Um, saying don't use something like an eyelash growth serum, but I definitely would like to say if somebody wants to use it, please get a prescription from your eye doctor, have a comprehensive eye exam first, and at least have a discussion with them about how the serum could impact your eye health. Because there are also a lot of other complications that um, people could have by using this eyelash growth serum. Yeah. I mean, and even if you have any of the complications, we'll keep diving into, you know, seeking the care of the eye, eye care professional. So another big one, um, another big word for you, I'm Uh kidding, but it's called periorbital. So again, around your eye, fat atrophy. So most people don't think of their eyes as a fat part of their body, but you have fat on your body to insulate Mm -hmm. you. And so actually fat within the eye is a good thing. It helps to keep the structures of your lid there. um, And it's protective to your eye. Um, but what we're seeing is that the fat actually shrinks when people are chronically using prostaglandin chemicals in and around their oh, so eye. Wait, wait, wait. And so that- you mean if I use the prostaglandin chemicals around on my thighs, the fat on my thighs will shrink too? I mean, maybe this is the future, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll go check it out in the laboratory. <laughs> they're sometimes using it for hair growth for oh. baldness, but I mean, come on. Uh, so, but you don't want this look. No. Um, this this atrophy of the fat around your lid creates a, do- a deep sulcus to the eye. And that actually, you know, almost think of like a skeleton or that really thin um, sinewy face. You know, that is is actually people are doing things like filler to try to prevent that. So sometimes, though, people don't realize that that's a side effect. Even when we were prescribing this as a glaucoma medication before we knew about that um, periorbital changes, you know, and we weren't counseling patients, they just thought it was normal Mm -hmm. aging. You don't want to be 25 and have the aging, uh, you know, seen in an 85 year old. And that goes along with the next thing. So the next thing is that we have seen eyelid ptosis. So ptosis means falling in the Greek origin. Um, And that means that your eyelid can lose some of its muscle tone and become droopy. and we know that a nice wide eye is, again, very youthful. So having a, uh, an eye that is changing physically um, is not ideal for, for cosmetics. And, and really, these things all impact the cosmetic look of your eye. So red eyes, um, 
these changes with the fat, they really age us, you know, they accelerate that whole age. And if you're trying to defy that, or you're trying to build beauty by using these lengthening serums, you want to know the side effects. And that's, you know, that's my struggle with the over-the-counter serums is just that who's counseling you, right? Where's the list of side effects? Well, it effects? just sounds like you... a vicious circle because if you're having drooping and puffing and sagging and fat disappearance, then you go in for fillers and tucks and nips and whatever. Let's go back to the beginning and just let's have a conversation with our eye care provider and say, Hey, this is what I'd like to do. What do you think? Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then don't forget that, I mean, any way that we enhance the lash, um, can potentially create a dry eye environment as well. So mascara, lash extensions, um, this lash growth serums, they lengthen the lash and mother nature did intend for the lash to be a certain length. And that length, one third, the width of your eye is very protective. So they, it helps to divert wind from your eye, dust, um, pollen, things like that. When you lengthen it, you kind of lose that protective mechanism and you create this uh, environment where more air is reaching. And so now you can start to have more symptoms. Well, I think we are going to have uptick in market of sunglasses so we can just cover our eyes and not wear any more makeup. Uh, <laughs> on that note, Leslie, thank you for sharing this until this is, this is very, very helpful. And again, it's so important if you want to use an eyelash growth serum, please get a prescription from your eye care provider and please go have your eyes checked agreed <laughs> so thank you i yes. look forward to speaking with you again soon okay thanks